everybody. You are listening to Eliza G Fitness, Hotter Than Health podcast, a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, overall healthy lifestyles, and most importantly, your morning conference call. And for those of you who don't know what that is, you will soon. I'm Eliza Gelman, and I couldn't be more excited that you are here with me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, If you haven't already gotten on iTunes, SoundCloud, or my website, anywhere you're listening to this podcast, feel free to go on, like it, share it, screenshot it, send it to a friend who's interested in health and fitness, leave a comment. That would be amazing. Definitely trying to build up my iTunes reviews and my SoundCloud reviews, so um, feel free to write something amazing or just, you know, say what's up. Either way, just wanted to say thank you all for listening. You can go follow me on my fitness Instagram. It is Eliza G underscore fitness. You can also go on to Facebook and look up Eliza G fitness and follow that Facebook page. We're posting a lot of different workouts, recipes, different things. It's a great place to ask questions if you have them. That is enough about that and me plugging myself. What is new? Let's get into it. I am so excited about today's topics. It's actually Sunday night right now, but I'm going to Charlotte tomorrow, so I won't be able to record, so I'm pre-recording, so didn't get as much time to get questions from people, but I got a, I curated a little bit um, based on questions I've gotten in the past and just about what I've been hearing in the community as of late. So I wanted to start off by talking a little bit more about um, resistance training and how to add it into your workout routine if you're just starting out. Uh, We can just get straight into it. So what is resistance training? So resistance training is going to be what people also see as weightlifting, incorporating more resistance and weight into your workout routine. So not just cardio, not just um, hit and stuff like that. It's going to be a little bit more heavyweight styled workouts. What I wanted to start off with was kind of just dismissing and debunking a couple of things. So I did want to point out uh, before we get into some specific workouts is that the number one reason that I find women specifically not performing resistance training in their weight training into their routines and stuff like that is because they're scared that they're going to end up looking bulky and masculine and I know that it might not be everyone's goal to have toned muscles and to, you know, be able to see a little definition in your arms, your legs, things like that. Some girls that I talk to, they they don't want to see any muscle at all in their body. And that's totally fine. It's just a matter of preference about kind of what type of shape and physique you want to be in. And that that's great. But for people who are looking to be a little bit more toned or if you're looking to lose a couple of extra inches, um, then I highly recommend adding in resistance training. It's it's definitely a myth that women work are just going to bulk up if they start adding in resistance training. Women just physically do not have enough testosterone in their body. You can ask any guy, you know, it, it's tough to put on muscle. It's way easier to lose muscle than it is to put it on. And, you know, if you're worried about putting on a ton of muscle, what that is is fat on top of muscle. You know, if your diet is fairly in check and you're adding in resistance training to your workout routine and you're still adding in a little bit of hit and cardio here and there, that's basically, that is like the best way to kind of shrink your body. And then, yeah, the number on the scale might not really change, but you'll be smaller. And isn't that kind of all what we want? We just want to like be smaller and harder. And, you know, does a number on the scale really mean that much? In some instances, women that I work with 
they end up staying the same weight after like six months of resistance training or six weeks, anything. And they might even go up a pound or two, but they've gone down multiple pant sizes. So think of, think of your body like this. So fat physically takes up more space in your body because it's larger than muscle. So think of it like this. Picture one pound of feathers and one pound of rocks. The feathers are going to take up a shit ton more space than rocks because rocks are much denser, right? You can fit one pound of rock in your hand super easy, but one pound of feathers, it's going to be a ton of feathers. It's just not going to fit in your hand. It's just going to be more mass, right? So it's a super common misconception that you may want to weigh less and see the number on the scale go down. And in some instances, that is really important, you know, especially for health reasons, if it's something that, you know, your doctor has recommended that you do um, to get to a certain weight in order to, I don't know, get off of um, some type of risk or, you know, you're at unhealthy levels of visceral fats and things like that. But eating right, adding in some resistance training and still, I mean, doing whatever cardio you want, but um, adding that into your workout routine is going to just change your body composition. So with cardio, you're you're definitely burning calories. So if you're on a treadmill for an hour running, you're definitely going to burn calories. You know, you might burn like 500 calories and that's great. But the thing about being in that aerobic, you're using your aerobic airways, which is, you know, for sure burning fat. I'm not trying to say that the cardio is not good and it's definitely great for your heart and great for heart health. You're not going to be burning residual calories as much after your workout. That's because your heart rate is basically staying around the same the entire time. Like your muscles will definitely get a little bit more fatigued, of course, if you're running for an hour, but your heart rate is not going to be super, super spiked. So you're going to be staying in that calorie burning zone um, pretty consistently throughout that hour. Whereas with weightlifting and resistance training, your heart rate is going to be using anaerobic airways, which is going to put you into like the fat burning zone. And it's also going to just allow you to be burning residual calories. So you may be burning about like the same amount of calories in a 50 minute resistance training workout as you would in a, in a cardio workout. But after the resistance training workout, since you are breaking down those muscles and then you have to build them back up, you're going to be gaining a little bit more muscle while using fat as fuel. So you're going to be burning that fat and then building that muscle so that after your workout, your muscle in your body is going to continue to burn calories. So for every one pound of muscle you have on your body, you're actually burning about 50 calories per day. Think of it like this. Muscle burns calories on its own. So if you're just sitting on your ass all day and you have a lot of muscle, you're still burning a lot of calories. But if you're sitting on your ass all day and you're eating the exact same thing as someone with a lot of muscle, you're not going to be burning as many calories naturally because you fat does not burn calories. It's just fat on your body. It's just useless, useless. I mean, you need a little bit of fat for survival. I'm not saying go to 0% body fat. That's extremely unhealthy. That, that That's not, not the case at all. Not what I'm talking about. But, you know, my goal has always been for me, I like to be lean and I like to see definition and I love resistance training and eating healthy. So my body fat percentage is typically around 13 to 15%. And um, I haven't seen any adverse effects from that. It's not like I'm losing my period. It's not like I'm um, going through anything too crazy with my body. So that's a healthy weight and body fat percentage for me to be at. Whereas there are some people who feel their best at, um, you know, 20 to 25 also super great. Um, So women just carry a little bit more body fat percentage than guys do automatically. And 
which kind of sucks. But, you know, what are you going to do? Men have it easier always, right? So that's enough about my rant about thinking you're going to bulk up. You're probably just going to get smaller. Weight might stay the same, but um, you are going to be burning more calories and you're probably going to be smaller. So do not let the number on the scale worry you at all if your body composition is changing. So if you're turning fat into muscle, that's a great thing. You're burning like that is that is something you want to look at. And, you know, if your body fat percentage is going down, that means your visceral fat levels are going down, which are um, the fat around your organs, but you can't like see it or pinch it or feel it. So it's it's tough to know if, if your gym gives you the option to I know a lot of gyms do this if your gym I know mine does gives you the option to stand on maybe an in-body scale or use one of those handheld body fat measurements or even just a a skin fold test I know a ton of personal trainers will do a analysis a gym assessment with you before you get started then I highly recommend doing so because that way you can track your progress and see how far you've come because if you're physically seeing changes in your body, that's that's the whole point. You're going to physically see changes in your body, which is going to affect your mood and it's going to affect your energy and it's going to be amazing, your confidence. Um, but, you know, if you're just concerned about the number on the scale, then it's really tough to get around. So if you can wrap your head around the fact that you're trying to change what you're made of, not what a number on a scale means. it's it, The number is super insignificant. Okay, let's get into um, some specifics for maximizing the way you can add in resistance training to your workout. Here are some of the best ways to get involved with that, in my opinion. One, if you're not a super gym rat and you don't want to be in there by yourself and you get motivated by other people, or if you're just on a budget or if you're in college, honestly, join a gym that offers classes that incorporate resistance training. Um, Not everybody can afford a personal trainer, but the last thing that you want to do is sacrifice good form for results. So, Weight training might be a little intimidating for people because it incorporates different movements and you may not know how to place a certain weight on your body or how to like lift a certain weight so that it maximizes the results. You may scared you may be scared that you're going to injure yourself. So make sure that you are with a trained professional. Um, Go take a class. I'm not saying go take a CrossFit class, but you can always do. I know specifically if you're in Charleston, my gym, Hilo Fitness, or you can go to like Planet Fitness. It's 10 bucks a month. I know they do. They do all sorts of little classes. There's, um, you know, O2 Fitness. There's the YMCA. There are a ton of different box, big gyms and, and corporate gyms that with your membership, you can do as many classes as you want a week. So adding in two, three, four of those a week is going to be great. You're going to be motivated by other people. You're going to have a coach, hopefully, who's walking around and able to help you modify things and give you constructive criticism on how to properly perform a movement. Um, I know a ton of college campuses have them. Um, I know that it's pretty easy if you're in a big city and you don't have a corporate gym. I know a bunch of my friends live in New York. Um, a bunch of them live in like San Francisco where they might not be close to a big gym like that. Then you can do class pass. Class pass is also amazing. You can get, you know, you can go to Barry's Boot Camp. You can go to Orange Theory. You can um, go to I I don't really know a ton. You can go to like a spin studio where they incorporate some weight training. So do what you can to incorporate those into group settings if that's a better way to motivate yourself. I know a lot of people, they're not going to go to the gym by themselves and pick up weights. It's a little bit intimidating. So bring a friend, go by yourself, um, take a group fitness class, whatever. Um, 
another thing. So if classes just aren't your thing, you can always do what I did and YouTube the shit out of everything. And what I'll just let me tell you what I mean by this. So when I started resistance training when I was a um, sophomore in college, I because I had just gotten in a car accident, I I broke my two parts of my back. I was wearing a back brace. They told me after six weeks the only thing I could do was walk and so I was like fuck it I'm inclined walking and then eventually I like inclined walk with two walked with two pound weights and then I finally understood what it was when all these old ladies were walking around like the mall with their two pound weights I was like this is hard and it made so much sense to me but I realized okay I want to learn how to use my body properly because I did not know how scary it was to potentially have that taken away from me. Um, That's a whole nother podcast, but um, I started in my sophomore year of college and I didn't have any friends who wanted to do it with me at all. They all did cardio or they did like yoga and stuff like that. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I wanted to like mentally get into it for myself because I knew that I eventually wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to just be stronger because I lost so much muscle. I was so scrawny and soft and it was awful. Um, So I went to the gym after and I like looked at all the equipment that we had at my SRC gym at App State University. Go Nears. And I went home and I said, okay, first thing I want to do is work on my back and my legs because I injured my back and I knew that, you know, my legs were... I guess I don't know why I think I just wanted to work my legs more um because oh because my doctor my physical therapist at the time said you know what you're gonna lose a ton of leg muscle you're going to have super super tight hamstrings for a while and I just knew that I wanted to prioritize getting my legs in the best shape as possible because I was already doing all these crazy stretches for it so I went on to YouTube and I literally typed in squats because I looked up, I looked at all the different machinery in my gym and I was like, okay, this is what that is. And I, I only knew something like squats, lunges, burpees, and I wasn't completely ignorant of working out. I had worked out before. I've always been fit, but never with lifting weights and stuff like that. And especially not in like the weightlifting part of the gym. I was always a little bit uncomfortable with that. Um, like my mom had never done it really. My sister and I, my they were always more runners. So it just wasn't super natural for me. Um, so I went in, super intimidated, looked at all the gym equipment and then went home and typed in squats. I typed in lunges. I typed in deadlifts, which I think I just saw someone doing. And I just was like, okay, this is a leg thing. Time to do it. And then uh, I did the leg extension, which is just a little machine. Then I did, you know, I, I kept building up my repertoire, if you will. And I started out with just doing squats at the gym and then doing some lunges. And then I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I did it. I did it. Time to go run and like get back into my comfort zone. So little by little, I progressed. It wasn't just like one day I went in there and I was like, I'm going to go balls deep into this workout and I'm just going to crush it and I know exactly what I'm doing. No, we all started somebody somewhere. I went in by myself, put on my headphones and probably was wearing like Sophie shorts and my sorority t-shirt at the time looking very cool. Um, Probably wearing like Skechers. I don't know what I was doing, but went in. I pulled up my phone because I was already listening to music on my phone and I pulled up the screenshots of squat form and I just did the bar on the squat rack. I don't know how I had the balls to go up to the squat rack, just wearing what I was wearing, doing what I was doing, but I was like, you know what? I am here. There's no one else who I'm doing this with. Like, I'm single right now. I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to do it. So, went in 
did probably two sets of 10 and I was like, this is a squat. And I'm sure I wasn't doing it perfectly at first, but I, it was my goal and you know, my vision. I was like, I am going to perfect this squat. And little by little, I went in and I did the same machine every day. I just added a little bit, a couple more reps or another set or two. And then I just started adding weight. And then eventually I got so comfortable with it that I was putting on like 25s on each side. And then I was putting on 30. And then eventually I got up to like 45s on each side. And that's when my confidence changed. I walked in there and even though I wasn't going over to the bench and doing a bunch of bench presses and crazy stuff like that, that is when my confidence changed. And I was like, there is something in here that I am confident doing on my own. And it, it just changed me. And that's when I started researching on becoming a personal trainer, talking to personal trainers there. And I was just like, you know what, this is something that is important to me and nothing can shake that. And that was my bigger picture. I was like, I want people to know that they don't need me. They can do it themselves, but I just want to be there to start them off. So that's my soapbox. I'm getting off of it now, but okay. So <laughs> that's my thing. So if you're not into classes, go on to YouTube, screenshot all of these different leg moves. You can honestly go in and type in like introductory leg workouts and resistance training for beginners and start with that. I would go to the gym every day, write down specifics, what to do, like different cues. And then um, that was honestly how I got my, that's how I got started. And then what I would also recommend is, I'm going to get pretty specific here. So just bear with me. What I would recommend doing is test out a couple of different times, like the weight on the machines that you're using, but always start with the machines. So the machines are going to be your friend. And if you're going in there to the gym by yourself or with a friend, start by getting probably five or six different machines just down that you really know how they work. Uh, the reason why I think machines are really great, especially for introductory people in weightlifting, is because they have photos on them, one. And then two, there's no pressure to, you know, be moving weights all around and clanking things and lifting heavy things up to put a put weights on a bar and stuff like that. You know, it's it's a little less intimidating. You can kind of sit down, do your leg extension, do your leg press, stuff like that, knock it out. Um, so what you want to do is look at the pictures on the machine, make sure you're doing it properly, pick a resistance, pick a weight that is not a super struggle to start with. The first two or three should be not fairly easy, but like you should feel it, but you should be able to knock it out. And then once you get to seven, you should start feeling really, really tired. And then the last two should be a struggle for you. So if it's not, then you need to go up to a heavier weight. Um, and then Obviously, you can slow down the time that you're under the tension. You can do the moves more slowly. But knockout, I would say, um, you know, three or four different machines do three to four sets of like 10 and then go to the next one. You don't want to burn yourself out. Um, what I would also recommend is supersetting. So supersetting is going to be putting basically putting two moves together during one circuit and having a short break time in between. One that is one of my absolute go-tos is doing the um, leg press. It's just a seated leg press. You're laying down kind of like you're in a rocket ship going up to the sky and that, I mean the moon, and then doing that leg press sets of 10 with heavy weights three times, but in between all of those sets, I'll get off and I'll do jump squats and I'll hold like a 15 pound dumbbell 
and do 15 jump squats. So what I like to do is use the heavier weight first to really activate all my muscles and really activate like my lower body and then go into a lightweight move and just do a bunch of high reps. So heavy leg press, then 15 jump squats with a dumbbell, a light, light, light dumbbell or no dumbbell, and then repeat that three times and just do like a 30 second break between each. So you're really maximizing your um, your blood flow, you're getting your heart rate up, you're burning calories, but you're also building that muscle and giving it, not giving it that much time to recover so you can fatigue it really quickly. So supersetting is going to be huge. Um, I also highly recommend hopping on things like um, hopping on things like the lat pull down machine so you'll see it you'll kind of like climb on to this one machine and you put your knees on this platform and you hold on to the (laughs) you hold on to the handlebars above you and it just looks like a pull up but you're assisted so I recommend doing that it's a great back workout Um, you can look at the picture the entire time that you're performing the move and then you can get down and do something like burpees in between so that's a really amazing one it work your lats are a huge muscle so it's going to be building a lot of muscle um, and it's also going to give that illusion of like a really small waist once that area is super nice and defined it's like the area um, right behind I mean right in between your um, armpit and your uh, shoulder blade kind of that in between area so that's your those are your lats and that's a great machine to start with and it's also super versatile but for introductory level purposes just start with uh, three sets of 10 and pair it with maybe burpees or high knees or just regular squats or push-ups something super simple um And then one thing that I really, really, really do want to make sure that people know when they are starting their resistance workouts, um, do not neglect your core. So your core is going to be anything, I call it nip to hip. So you want to just, you don't want to just be doing crunches. You want to be building your upper and lower back. You want to be building your side, your obliques, which is your like your side abs. And then you want to be building your, um, your lower abs and your hip area around your hips as well. Your abdominals are one long muscle, so you can't really just isolate lower and upper abs. That's going to just be fat loss, but there are different moves that you can work to kind of target different parts of that one muscle. So one thing that I do want to make sure everyone knows is to keep their core strong because if you have a super weak core and you're trying to perform weighted squats, that could truly, truly, truly lead to injury. It could lead to um, lower back strain. Uh, if you're not keeping your core super tight and then you're doing things like a uh, chest press or a hyperextension, and those are all things that you can look up if you want to, but um, keeping a tight core is going to be the foundation of having successful lifts. In my opinion, you don't need to do a million, but two times a week, add in like an eight minute ab workout. So I'm just going to give you guys an exact example of one of my workouts because I like to be, I like to hit it and quit it. I'm a hit it and quit it kind of girl. I like to be in the gym, 40 minutes, head out, do my thing. I don't like to be there for too long. I've got shit to do. We all do. Um, even if you have 20 minutes, you can maximize this to you know, slightly less reps, maybe higher weight, or just knock this out. So what I'll do is I will go in and do 10 to 12 minutes of my sprints, 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off on like a three incline at like 10.5 speed. So I really like to knock those out. Um, I put on badass music and I just go ape shit on the sprints. I like to get super sweaty before my workouts, but that's up to you. You can do it on a bike, you can incline walk, whatever. That's just my personal preference. Then I'll go 
three sets of 10 on a leg press at fairly heavy. So I'll go like 75% of my maximum weight. So what that means is I'll find a weight that I can do one time and I'll only go like 70% of that. If your max is 100, then just do 70 pounds so that you can knock out three sets of 10 with that. And then I'll superset that like we were talking about earlier with 12 to 15 dumbbell squats. Um, I like to just knock those out and really squeeze my glutes at the top of the squat so that I make sure that I'm um, really activating my glute muscles so that they're really firing when I'm doing the leg press. So it's not just my, not just my quads or my, what you would look at your your thighs, Um, not just my thighs doing all the work. I want it to be my butt. My goal is for my butt to look good. You know, if my butt looks good, then I'm, I'm happy. Then I will go over to the leg extension machine, which is just basically sitting down, um, putting your feet behind this little tube, and then lifting it up and squeezing your uh, squeezing your legs at the top. So um, you'll do a leg extension and then hop off and do jump lunges or just regular reverse lunges. And that's just a way to, again, keep your heart rate up. I'll do three sets of 12 of those. Then I'll go back to that lat pull-down machine like I was talking about, and then I'll superset those with 12 to 15 maybe tricep extensions. Um, and this is going to be like a full-body workout. I do recommend if you're starting to start with some full-body workouts, um, just kind of get your body incorporating you know, the muscles that it hasn't really used before. And then you can get into more muscle specific, like then you can do just a leg day, then you can do just an upper body day, then you can do a full body day again, but make sure that you're starting with a couple of full body days, give it doing a little bit of everything. And then you can work into the physique style. And then I would start, I would end with this eight minute ab workout that I love. It's super, super simple. It burns hella calories. It makes me super, super sweaty and I'm dying at the end. I do this twice a week. So it'll be one minute plank. So just holding a one minute plank, super simple, then doing 30 seconds on one side, 30 seconds on the other side. Then I'll do 30 seconds of butterfly kicks, 30 seconds of mountain climbers, 30 seconds of toe touches, and then 30 seconds of Russian twists. You can add a weight to the Russian twists, whatever you want to do. i usually don't because I'm a wimp. Um, but I'll do that entire thing twice and that's an eight minute workout and ouchie, it is so, so good. Those are my top tips for (laughs) weightlifting and resistance training. That is a super, super, super important, um, part of the fat loss and, uh, fat burning residual fat burning. Uh, that's a great way to get the most out of your workouts. So if you don't want to be on a cardio machine for 45 minutes, then just do some resistance training and then some jump squats. And I promise you it will be so much more efficient than being on an elliptical or Stairmaster for an hour. Promise you your body will change for the better. You won't be saggy. Like if you're running, I just feel like when you're running for long distances, no offense to marathoners or anything like that. I just feel like you start to sag. So I genuinely don't worry about it that much because I don't have boobs. But um, if I did, I just feel like they would start to get saggy. I feel like everything starts to sag. I feel like my face bounces and sags. I feel like my stomach doesn't look as toned. So that's why I like resistance training because it makes it like tighter. I I think it just tightens everything up and I love that. Okay, so moving on, um, just to recap, it's, you know, 
join a gym that offers resistance training classes. Not everybody can afford a personal trainer, but you make sure that you have proper form or else you will really F yourself up and then you'll be really pissed at resistance training when really it's just your fault because you didn't listen to me. And then two, uh, if, if classes just aren't your thing, go on, screenshot every single move, do it in the gym, plug in your headphones and say F the rest. And then three, make sure that you are making sure to incorporate core workouts so that you can make sure that you're getting the most out of your um, resistance training and you're not injuring yourself by having a weak back or a weak core and you're able to stabilize yourself. So after all of that heavy lifting and all of those workouts, you're going to want to snooze, right? So that gets me into my next topic, which is something that I've really come to love. And I tell my boyfriend all the time, I'm like, he, he, I think operates with less sleep than I do, or he's able to operate with more, less sleep than I do. I used to think that I was invincible and I used to think like, oh, six hours. Perfect. I have so much natural energy. I'm a butterfly. I'm a hummingbird. It's great. I need about eight hours. Okay. I do. And I'm coming to find that my best days are followed by good sleep and also when I have restless sleep I don't have conference calls the way that I do when I have restful sleep and if you don't know what my conference calls are that's episode one two three four and five it's basically just you know going to the bathroom in the morning if I don't sleep as well my entire digestive system is off and it fucking it throws me off so bad. My skin is worse. My hair is worse. My energy is worse. My attitude is worse. I'm not kidding. I'm not the same person if I don't go to the bathroom. People are like, oh, I just need a cup of coffee. I'm like, no, no, no. I just need to go to the bathroom. That is how I feel. So it is extremely important to me and hopefully you and hopefully you'll see why um, to have high quality sleep, which leads me into explaining circadian rhythm. So I know we've all probably heard circadian rhythm before, and if you don't know what it means, it's basically just your body's sleep and awake cycle and your your body's like natural clock, and it's your internal system, and it's designed to regulate um, your sleep. It's regulating your wakefulness over your 24-hour period during the day. Um, so we all have heard the phrase like, sleep when you're dead. It, well, no, you sleep now and then you can have amazing days. And then once you die, you feel really good and fulfilled, right? So that's how I see it. Um, I'm not a big believer in like sleep when you're dead, grind until you die. And I'm like, I, you know, I really could just use a nap. Actually, that's a total lie. I'm not a napper at all. That totally throws off my circadian rhythm. I didn't even think about that until just now. But um, yeah, so if I take a nap in the middle of the day, I'm mm, I'm done. So I'm not one of those people that can like go out during the day, come home and nap, and then go back out later. Absolutely not. Sleeping is for nighttime. Wakefulness is for daytime. I'm not like as soon as the sun goes down, I'm like I'm out. So your circadian rhythm is really important, and for everybody, it's different. Um, I've been I know if you probably you know if you follow me on Instagram, I just posted about. Um, a morning routine. I just posted about, um, you know, are you a night owl? Are you a daytime person? I'm a definitely a daytime person. I don't really like going out at night. I'm much more of a day person. I'm way more productive in the mornings. I know some people, they can stay up super, super late. That's when they're most the, the most creative, which is great. You know, everyone is different, but I'm just not one of those people. I wish I could go out at night, but you know, I'm like a, I like the early bird special, um, wheelchair, wheelchair access only. I am old, love being in bed, love being snuggly, but like I will go crazy during the day. It's awesome. I'm super productive, but night times are just my, those are my quiet times. Those are my sleep 
sleepy times. Um, that is one of the reasons why I um, wanted to put this together. So if you're like me and you are, and I'll get to if you're opposite of me too, if you're like me and you are more productive during the day and you really are not high energy after work at the end of the day, um, you want to just wind down, you find that you're, you know, of course you're tired when you wake up, you don't want to get out of your warm comfy bed, but once you do, you're feeling really great. You're not like a super slow wake upper. So if you are one of those kinds of people, then I highly recommend two things. Do your high-intensity workouts during the morning before you start your day. So if you can prioritize, um, and I mean, I, I recommend this for everybody, but if you're one of those people that has energy after work to go work out, then by all means, um, do whatever you can to really channel and harness that energy that you have um, because I feel like I'm really lucky to be a morning person and not a night person because I feel like if I can get a good workout done in the beginning of the day, then it sets up my entire day for success. So I, I genuinely will make better decisions throughout the day if I know that I've already done something good. So you know, if if I wait until the end of the day to work out, then it's just left up to chance. Things could come up. An emergency could happen or, you know, I could have to work late or something like that. And then what? It's nine o'clock. Then I have to go. I'm going to bed. I'm not going to the gym at 10 p.m. I know that's not, you know, su- super dedicated of me to say, but that's just kind of how my body works. I know that I'm exhausted at the end of the day because I give it my all. What I would recommend doing is if you are a morning day person, get your workout done before you go to work, before you have to do anything for anybody else. Um, Use that energy, get yourself a good workout in, you're going to feel amazing and it's just going to kickstart your day and all your levels are going to be set. Um, Highly recommend, it'll give you much more energy and then if you're going to do something like a yoga class or a bar class or something a little less impactful not impactful, with a little less impact um, and something maybe a little bit more full of mindfulness, something honestly like a yoga class um, or like a walk, if that's your exercise, save that for the end of the day. If you are not a night person and, and you find that the nighttime is when you like to settle, try to avoid doing your high intensity workouts at night because that's going to spike your cortisol levels and that's going to, you know, increase your energy and it's going to be a little bit tougher for you to wind down at the end of the night. So on the flip-flop, if you are a night person, then absolutely, like one of my best friends, she likes to wake up really slowly and then she has all of her energy at night. So if you're one of those people, then for sure, go do your high intensity workout or your lifting with your heavy music after you are out of work and after all that because you know some people just like save up all their energy and I I don't know what that's like (laughs) that's not me but if that is you then highly recommend adding in your workouts at the end of the day and maybe starting off your day with like a five-minute meditation or something like that so um, that is one reason why it's important to set your workouts so that it kind of sets your day for how you operate best. Um, so if you are trying to become more of a day person and you're trying to sleep better at night, um, focus your night to be a little bit more calm and organize it that way, then do your workouts in the morning. Being tired is not an excuse. I'm so sick of people saying that. It, it really, like, it's just not an excuse anymore. It's, it's not. Sorry. Um, we all have 24 hours. Just get over it. 
So the some of the ways that I like to be not so tired when I wake up um, is to make sure that I start that process at night when I go to bed. So if you are one of those people that has trouble sleeping and you are um, you're one of those people that you find yourself on your phone or on your computer in bed and you're like, oh, I can't fall asleep. I guess I'll just look at my phone. Well, ding, ding, ding. That's number effing one. Um, here are a couple of different things that you should be and should not be doing in order to help your, your personal circadian rhythm. So have you ever woken up and gotten this feeling of anxiety from like a text message, even if it's from someone at work that, you know, isn't saying anything bad or you haven't done anything wrong, you know, you haven't done anything wrong. You, you wake up and you feel good and then you read a text message and it freaks you out. And even though it's probably innocent and then nothing is really wrong, but you feel this guilt and anxiety and it just consumes you. So like the other day I woke up and I was feeling good and normally I don't look at my phone as soon as I wake up. Normally I'll read a page from my book, The Daily Stoic, and then I'll wake up, wash my face, brush my teeth, get my coffee, and then I'll come and get my phone. And um, that I just found that that works better for me and it gives me a chance to really wake up without that anxiety. But I got a text message from someone from work and it was talking about something not being put away properly or something. And I automatically, even though it was a group text, I automatically, my stomach sunk to my asshole and I got so, so anxious and it set my entire day up for anxiety. I'm not kidding. Things that could have been good, I just didn't appreciate as much. I I kept second guessing myself. I was criticizing everything about myself and I was like, oh my God. And I'm not kidding. If I start my day like that, so I have to even, you know, that goes into me being stoic and, you know, not letting other people really affect my mood like that and not taking things seriously, but, or personally, it, it, it gets really tough. So anything that I can do to start my morning in a way that's like taking care of myself before I can take care of others, then that's what I'm going to do. What you should really do is avoid your phone in the morning. This is going to help with your circadian rhythm. So um, you want to let natural light be the thing that wakes you up. I'll get into sleeping in a second, but you want to let the natural light wake you up. So you want to sleep with your blinds closed and then first thing in the morning, you know, turn off your phone alarm, but don't look at your phone after that. You're allowed to just turn it off, but then put it back down. You're up. It's okay. Stand up and open up your blinds. That is going to let in natural light. And if it doesn't, if you're waking up when it's still dark, you can definitely turn on your bedside lamps, but just do anything except for be under fluorescent lighting. Do everything you can to put in, you know, yellow bulbs next to your bed or above your bed. Don't be under the blue light. Don't be under the fluorescent lighting. That does something to your circadian rhythm that is unnatural and it like wires and sparks a certain part of your body. I don't know the exact research, but blue light is said to be um, super a stimulant and cause a type of stress inside your body, which is just not natural. So you want to wake up with as much natural light as possible. So wake up. You want to open up your blinds, let your room wake up that way. Then you want to hydrate, move, and get some sunlight. So um, what you would want to do is open up those blinds, maybe do a quick stretch. You don't have to go do a whole yoga class, but in your room, stretch up onto your tippy toes, hands above your head, 
bend forward. Um, even if you have to bend your knees, you don't have to be super flexible. Um, you know, put your leg up on your bed, stretch down, kind of open up your hips a little bit, open up your chest, bring your shoulders back. Um, you really just want to wake up your entire body. You want to wake up those muscles. You don't have to go do any jump squats or whatever. Um, just move your body around a little bit because that's those are movements that you wouldn't be doing in your sleep. So it's a way to activate your muscles, your mind-muscle connection, and you want to hydrate. So you're going to go into the kitchen. You're going to hopefully have set this up the night before. You're going to drink your room temperature water, then your hot water with lemon with a little pink Himalayan sea salt. That is going to activate your intestines. So in the middle of the night, typically you're not going to be drinking or consuming water or anything like that. So you're dehydrated. So you want to make sure that you're activating your insides before you drink coffee, before you eat food, before you really talk to people even. And that's going to go ahead and jumpstart your intestines, jumpstart your um, GI tract. This is also, if you prioritize this, this is a great way to help yourself um, get more regular with your conference calls. And if you're struggling with constipation or you're just not super regular and you're one of those people that goes twice a week, that's not normal. Nope. You need to be going every single day. Um, But it's going to help activate um, the food that's just sitting in your intestines from the night before that has been digesting all the night. So um, you want to make sure that you're getting into that routine of hydrating yourself before you do anything itse- anything at all. And those three things, the movement, light, and hydration, those are all things that are in your control. Even if you're traveling, even if you're at a friend's house, like, you can still do all of those things. So don't make that an excuse. That will set up your day for success. Even when you're hungover, do it. And then a couple of d- different things that you would want to do is by not having your phone as soon as you wake up you also don't want to have it in bed so the worst 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 thing you could do if you cannot sleep is and you want to set your circadian rhythm is to not have your phone in the freaking bed and I know we say this all the time and you hear couples and like married couples say that you know don't bring your phone to bed don't put your computer in bed don't do work in bed that's not just because it kills the romance but it's also because you cannot freaking sleep with the LED lights. If you can't sleep, reach for a book, reach for a um, guided meditation app on your phone, something like that where you're not looking at the blue light. So we all know how addictive video games are. It's not just the video game. It is the light in itself and the TV and the phone. That is what is addicting. There's a physical, actual addictive element to the blue light that's in your phone. So do your thing and uh, do yourself a favor. Turn off the blue light on your phone. That's going to be huge. Um, Do not have it in bed. Set your phone at the foot of your bed. Set it on the ground far away from your bed if you can. Um, Set your alarms. Do all that good stuff. And then before you turn off your bedside light, give yourself like five minutes, two minutes of just reading over a book, looking at a magazine, something that doesn't have a light behind it to really give your chance, your eyes a chance to adjust and give your body a chance to unstimulate itself. Um, That is a huge, huge, huge indicator of, um, you know, people who aren't sleeping are typically the people who default to looking at their computer screen or their phones in bed. So avoid that completely. You're also going to mess up your partner's sleep if you're sleeping with someone else. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't be selfish. Turn your shit off. Go to bed. Um, Even if you have to toss and turn for a little bit, count sheep, no joke, turn on a guided meditation. It really will help. I just want to go over kind of quickly what my morning routine is and what my bedtime routine is. So my bedtime routine starts with, um, I try not do any work 
at all about mm, 45 minutes before I go to bed. Any more than that, it's a little unrealistic because I'm really good for turning text messages or doing stuff for the podcast, whatever. But about 45 minutes before bed, I'll have showered. I'll brush my teeth. I will, you know, put on nice calming music. I'll go ahead and put on my PJs in a big fluffy robe. I'll wash my face, maybe do a face mask. Not always, but sometimes I do make a cup of tea of some sort, non-caffeinated, non-sugar, no nothing. Um, And then I will get into bed. I'll have my room super clean the night before or at least organized where I know I can get things easily in the morning. I'll have my clothes set out for the morning before so I don't have to like automatically make decisions as soon as I wake up. I just want things to be easy when I wake up. I will have already set up my French press in the kitchen. I'll fill up the kettle so that all I have to do is heat up the water and pour in the French press. No joke. Everything is already set up foolproof. It's like if I I could explain it to an alien in the morning, the way I wake up, it's so simple. I have it down to a T. I have it down to a science. I will um, have my water already sitting out. So it's room temp in the water or in the morning. It's like 28 ounces or something of water. And I will be able to chug that in the morning. It'll be room temperature. So it automatically stimulates my insides and that'll get me going in the morning. You know what I mean? Um, And then I'll go to bed. I won't have my phone on me. Sometimes I'll do a guided meditation. Usually I write um, one, the best thing about my day in my memory book. And I have two of them. It's been like three or it's been like five years of memory books. I love them. It's just one thing per day. I never write anything bad. I write the best thing that happened about my day and kind of just momentous things in that day. Even if it was just like, I went to the grocery store or, oh my God, I finally got to sleep in. It was great. You know, anything that I can find that is good so that if I look back, I don't remember. It reminds me that I don't remember the bad things. I just remember the good things as much as possible. And then I will turn off my lights. I'll close my doors. I'll close my blinds and sometimes even put on my silk face mask and I will spray a lavender spray over my bed sheets because that's a really calming smell for me. And then I will go to bed. And that honestly all takes about 45 minutes. Um, I'll try and read a couple pages from my book if I can. No joke, it's probably two pages at most because I get so sleepy as soon as I start reading. But I really don't like to look at my phone in the bed. It bothers me and I, I know that it like makes me remember how addicted to social media I am and that really sucks. I try and do the best that I can. As soon as I wake up, I turn off my alarm. I try not to push snooze. Sometimes I do. I'll usually just push two alarms so I don't have to worry about it. I'll wake up put my phone away, put my robe on, put my slippers on, take the dog out to pee, come back in, push start on my kettle. And then while the kettle is boiling, I will go wash my face, brush my teeth, read one page from the Daily Stoic and put a note on it. And then I will go back, make my coffee. And then while I'm sipping my coffee, I will read and look through text messages and look through my Instagram, which is genuinely the only two things that I look at on my phone in the morning. And that's kind of how I start my day. Then I put it away get ready, have my morning, all that good stuff. And then I know that I've already kind of taken care of myself. I've had the first 10 or so minutes of my day where I'm just quiet in the house doing my thing. I've moved around. I'll stretch it out. Usually I'll just use my hand above my head. Nothing crazy, but just getting things going. Um, Oh, and I will open my blinds, of course. So that is kind of what my morning and night routine looks like. And I know that I got really specific on this podcast, but I think it's really important because I don't think that people realize the small things are what really build up. So looking at your phone immediately when you wake up, people are like, oh, I need it to wake up. No, 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 no. That is something that your body is telling yourself because it's like that is like an addictive type of behavior. And I do it. I used to do it 
all the time and it was so hard I had to practice so it's not something that you can just do super easy all the time and it's you know you're gonna have to be consciously thinking about it for a little while and then you're gonna feel so good and you're gonna realize oh my god it's just 10 minutes of my day that I didn't have my phone and it's in the beginning of the day it's okay so start your day like that end your day like that if you can turn off your apps turn off your phone it will change the game for you circadian rhythm wise okay anyways that was a long-winded way of saying that I think you should do weight training and I also think that a morning and night routine is key to having a having um, a really great conference call and making sure that you're staying regular and helping you maximize your energy. So thank you guys for listening. This was episode eight of Hotter Than Health podcast. Please, please, please go on, share, like, um, comment on. I will share this on Facebook. Feel free to share it with your friends. Screenshot. If you're listening through Instagram and through my website on Instagram, then screenshot the episode and send it on your live story. It means the world. Seriously, I I can't tell you guys how much it means to have you guys listening. Um, Share this with anyone, especially if you're just now getting into resistance training and so that you kind of know the benefits of it. And that's like no joke, a foolproof workout that I do myself. Highly recommend it. And just wanted to say thank you to everyone and go ahead and comment. This is Eliza G Fitness, Hotter Than Health Podcast, Episode 8. Be on the lookout for Episode 9 coming next week, next Tuesday. Um, Make sure to download and share where you can. So everyone, enjoy their week. Enjoy your commute. Enjoy your workouts. All good things. Sending all my love. And thank you all for listening. I will talk to you guys next week.